All right, welcome into the latest edition of Limeland Hoops and History. I'm your host, Matt Childers. Great to be with you. Our guest today, the head basketball coach of the Shawnee Indians. It's Coach Mark Triplett. Coach Triplett and the Indians, 25-0 and zero this year and number one in Division Two at the end of the regular season. As you know, the season was halted due to the health crisis. And we'll visit with Mark on the 2020 season and his history in Lima Land Hoops and history. Welcome to the latest edition of Lima Land Hoops and history. All right, now we do welcome in. It's the head basketball coach of the Shawnee Indians, as we mentioned in the intro, 25-0 and zero this year, the number one team in the state of Ohio with uh, the end of the regular season, uh, number one in the state. And uh, as we all know, the uh, health crisis uh, halted the season and then ended the season uh, for not only Shawnee, but uh, the whole state of Ohio, which obviously was a, a big disappointment for not only the fans and all of uh, the participants, uh, but certainly the coaches and uh, the teams that were still playing in the Ohio High School Basketball Association state playoffs and tournament. So we welcome in. It's the head coach. I appreciate his time sitting uh, for the first time as we uh, Zoom on this podcast. It's the head coach, Mark Triplett. Coach, how are you this morning? Good, man. How are you doing? Hey, doing great. Doing great. Uh, how have you been holding up uh, in the last uh, eight weeks uh, with uh, the health crisis and what has taken place uh, as a teacher, as a coach, and obviously as a, a husband and a father? Uh, how's all that been going for you? Uh, different. Um, I realize that I am not um, a distance learning teacher. You know, I, I like the relationships with the kids and, and the relationships you have with um you know, the staff, uh, I miss the kids. Uh, I miss, you know, obviously my basketball kids. Um, I have a, a three-year-old who's going on 13 here real quick and, um, he, he definitely keeps me busy. Um, <laughs> but you know, you just miss those relationships with kids, you know, that you just don't get a chance to do as much right now. Yeah, for sure. Head coach Mark Triplett joining us here on Lima Land Hoops in history. So, uh, it was right, uh, right around March 12th that, uh, you were getting ready to square off in a regional final, a semifinal game. And then uh, if you won that, the uh, regional final game would have been played a couple days later on Saturday. And Lima Sr. got the chance to play, uh, albeit in front of a very limited crowd at the University of Toledo on the Wednesday uh, prior to your game on Thursday. Uh, go back to that uh, time frame and uh, what was that like for you and your team and and uh, just in that moment, uh, we probably all thought, well, eventually we're going to be able to play. So what, what did you think uh, at that moment uh, on uh, Wednesday, uh, March 12th, right after the, the Lima Senior game, and then we were told hey, there's, no, there's not going to be a game on Thursday? Um, I remember spending all, all night Wednesday talking to our kids and, um, and our cheer advisor and um, – you know, other coaches and getting that, you know, four person per, per you know, athlete coach rule um, and taking care of all of that. 
um, and spending, you know, all evening thinking, you know, this is, this isn't right. This isn't fun. It's not fair. Um, you know, we have whose families are bigger than that and they can't even bring everybody in their family. These are people that have supported us and followed us all year long, these kids entire lives really. And they're not going to be able to be there. And, um, you know, looking back now, I would have gladly had an opportunity to go play in, in front of a limited crowd. And I think that's one thing that, um, hurts our kids is, you know, division one and division three, division four, they all got to play at least a game. Yeah. And, you know, the D2 schools didn't get any of those games at that regional level. And, um, I think that, you know, is an extra little bit of salt on the wounds there that, um, unfortunately are going to take a while for our kids to heal. Yeah, for sure. Uh, head coach Mark Triplett joining us. When you think about um, that time period then, uh, your first semifinal opponent was going to be whom? Upper Sandusky. Yeah, so you were going to play Upper Sandusky and then the potential to play a Toledo Rogers team, uh, potentially on paper, who who played Lima Senior in the regular season. They lost to Lima Senior by four points. What, what did you make uh, of that regional uh, where a lot of folks, uh, certainly uh, Northwest Ohio, had you as, as the favorite? Um, we were excited about the opportunity to, to be back in Bowling Green where uh, we got to last year and you know we had success in the regional semi and won a really tight game against a, a just really big athletic Cleveland Central Catholic team. And, um, you know, then we, we go the, the next game on Saturday and um, unfortunately didn't play our best game, but um, we got that, that opportunity to be back there and our kids had worked towards that and they wanted that opportunity. So uh, to be that close to something you work all year towards um, and then kind of having the rug pulled out from underneath you right at the end, um, it, it just, it was hard. Um, you know, we only had three seniors and, and I guess I'm fortunate that it was the fewest seniors that we've had since I've been coaching, but, mm. um, it doesn't make it any easier on those kids, and, you know, for John Barker and Will Roberson and Matthew Bean, um, guys that aren't going to get to finish that journey and finish their high school years, you know, it just, it, it makes it really, really tough. And, uh, let alone the other kids who, um, you know, obviously they're going to get a chance to come back. You know, it's just we preach togetherness and family, and that unit, that group is never going to get to get back out there together, and that, that's what really hurts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let's let's talk about um, the – just real quickly, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about the, the, that couple-of-week period there. Did you and your players and, and coaching staff, did you, did you think at some point we're going to play this? Uh, before the governor really, you know, came out with kind of the, the shutdown of, of the state? Um, to be honest, I had um, a bad feeling as soon as they postponed it. Mm. Um, you know, I feel like right when Ru- Rudy Gobert um, was yeah, got was, coronavirus, yeah. sh- shut down sports um, in a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, you know, as, as soon as somebody famous – um, that's involved with sports started to contract that. And then shortly thereafter, you know, some of his teammates also uh, came out and said that they had it. And then there's Sean Payton for the saints. And I felt like when it, it started to hit the sports world at the professional level. Yeah. Um, and then I started to see very quickly March madness is, is not just postponed, but it's shut down. And, yeah. you know, all these other sports, even outdoor ones with uh, major league baseball and, and 
the masters and different things with golf. And, um, I was trying to remain optimistic for our kids, um, and telling them to stay focused and make sure that you keep yourself in the right mindset. But, um, me personally, I was kind of getting myself to, to understand that this probably wasn't going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. Mark Triplett joining us here on the Lima Land Hoops and History podcast. Uh, let's go back. Uh, first part of the year, uh, you're, you're, you're heading in in the fall uh, to this 2020 season. You had played, as you, as you mentioned earlier, that you got to the regional final. Uh, incredible accomplishment uh, in, in its own right uh, the year before. But you go into this season and you lose a couple of players. But what were your thoughts on the outset? Um, going into the year, you know, we had, um, you know, a, a group of, we had three senior starters, um, but, but also then Jay Cutchins was, you know, our first, you know, he's not really a, a big, but he, he kind of played a four or five type role for us. Um, so he was kind of our sixth man. And then we had another senior in Tyler Stahl that, um, was just a great practice kid and came in and did everything. Yeah. So we had five kids that, that I just loved to death. Um, and, they were our leaders. They were our engine. They were our guys that, that got us going every day. And I knew that we had the potential um, with, you know, two guys who had, had been starters, Tyson Elward and George Mangus, um, and then other pieces that were a big part of that team, and John Barker and Jaron Berkey. Um, you know, I, I knew that we had that potential to be uh, very good. Um, I, I knew we were going to rely on Caden Vermillion, who – who got some, you know, kind of got his feet wet with varsity basketball and even played a, a big role down the stretch against Cleveland Central Catholic uh, late in that game in the regional semis the year before. And then a, a point guard and, and Brady Wheeler, who was our, our point guard for the JV team on a very good team the year before. Um, a couple other guys and Ricky Rosado and, and Will Roberson and Matthew Bean that uh, was coming off an injury that, that we knew had potential, but that group just had never really been on the floor together. Um, and, and we were asking them to go, you know, play key minutes for us or even more than that. And who was going to be the leader? Where was the leadership going to come from? Um, so there were a lot of kind of unanswered questions. But at the same time, we felt like if we can get them to buy in, especially on the defensive end, um, they share the basketball so well. And we saw that every day in practice. But we were we weren't there yet defensively at the start of the year, so hmm. it was kind of a, a juggling act to see what's best for the, this group. I've always been more of a man to man and kind of a run and jump type of philosophy, and um, that just didn't really suit our guys. So we mixed some things up, and we weren't really playing very well defensively to start the year. Um, but just trying to get them to buy in, and and John especially to understand that you're going to have to be more of a vocal leader than you ever had to be in your life um, if we're going to be the type of team that, that we think we can. Yeah. Uh, how, how would you describe that evolution uh, from him you know, being a sixth man uh, the year before to this year uh, and how he was able to develop that going forward? Um, in terms of you Mark, asked John, that, John Barker. Yeah, you, you asked that and I immediately get chills because what, just thinking of his growth um, this past year for us, um, unbelievable. You know, what, what he did, not just on a, on a game basis that everybody sees in the community. It's easy to get excited about uh, going out and playing it in front of a bunch of people. You know, everybody enjoys that. But John had that same fire, that same energy, um, was constantly talking, communicating to the guys um, every single day in practice. And I, I challenged him at the beginning of the year that, 
you have to be the guy. You're the, the guy that has experience coming back as a senior. You were the football you know, leader as a captain, the quarterback on the football team. You have the attributes, the leadership qualities that it's going to take. But people aren't going to follow you unless you lead them. Yeah. And he took that to heart. And every single day, um, he pushed our guys to get better, to make sure that you know we preached 1% better every day. And John wasn't going to accept anything other than that. Um, and it was a, an interesting group because they hated to lose in practice. And everything that we do is competitive-based. And when you have a team that is having the type of success that we're having, um, and then, you know, this team that we you know, we basically let the kids pick each day um, for shooting drills and, and a seven-stops drill that we do and, and all this stuff. And, you know, some days one team absolutely dominates the other. And those, those other five or six guys that are getting beat, mm. they're not fun to be around. And they are fired up and they're, they're ticked off. And um, I think that that originated from their own competitiveness, but also because John refused to let them take – days and plays off Mm, yeah very good oh he had he had an incredible year and uh it really does show how you get that experience your junior year and then you're able to evolve into this great lyric sounds a little bit like uh, the last dance that's taken place on espn with michael jordan and their practices and how he talked about how it was going to be tougher in practice than it was in the actual games uh that uh jordan was referring to the last seven or eight episodes Oh, absolutely. You know, and I am, uh, I was young when that happened and I talked to my sisters and my family a lot about it. it's, it's crazy to me that I am, I'm a pretty diehard Michael Jordan fan and I have about five jerseys on this rack of Michael Jordan that are standing behind me. And, um, I was young when it was going on, but still just, um, love the guy yeah. and I, that competitive fire, um, it, it just, it's still burning for him. And I feel like Michael wants to go back out and play today. It does. It, I, yeah. Yeah, it sure does. And, and he just, um, boy, his charisma is off the charts in terms of just being, you know, attracted to, to Michael Jordan. Uh, all right. So you win the tip off classic and then you, you head towards this stretch where everybody was pointing towards uh, and it became the Ottawa Glandorf and the Lima Senior in back-to-back weekends in January. How would you describe your team from the beginning of the year? And now you're building up to this. And some would say uh, that, uh, boy, if you go one-and-one one against those two teams, that would be uh, a success story. And then you win both games. Um, I think that, in, in reality, very few people outside of our locker room um, expected us to be Lima senior. And I think that was at full strength. And then when, when Caden Vermillion goes down against a really good St. Mary's team, it doesn't even play that game. Yeah. And then we have to come the next week and, and go to Van Wert and focus on the Van Wert, the league game that actually is the most meaningful game of that weekend. And he's out that game. And then, you know, he's, he's wanting to play so bad against Lima senior, but we know that the big one is OG the next weekend. And that's what we have to get him ready for. Um, you know, and you think about that game, no Caden, and then Tyson Elwer picks up, you know, two fouls instantly, a third foul in the, in the second quarter early on, and uh, he played about four minutes. And, and I, I don't think Tyson Elwer's, you know, the best um, defender in, in just our area. I think he's one of the best defenders in, in the state of Ohio. Mm. Um, and taking him off the floor for us, um, 
it, it just made our guys grow up. It, it made them, you know, understand that if we're going to do the things we're, we're going to want to do, then we all need to buy into this, be there for each other on both ends of the floor, communicate, which was a big issue for us early on in the season. Um, and I just don't think many people expected us to walk out of there with a victory. And, and I was so proud of how they competed. Um, you know, Lima seniors athleticism is, is one of the best in the state of Ohio and what they can do to you uh, with that defensive intensity and pressure and, um, just a, a tremendous, tremendous basketball team. And I think our kids learned that day that if we truly do this together and we buy in as a family, which is what we preach all the time, um, then we can go beat anybody. And we told our guys all the time, we can beat anybody on our schedule. We can get beat by anybody if we don't do the things we're capable of doing. But never back down from our opponent. Never mm. never have fear. You know, Go out and compete at the highest level and expect to be successful because you put in that work. And our guys bought into that. They believe that. And the Lima Senior game was, I think, a wake-up call for the community that um, – these guys are pretty good, mm. and they, they believe in each other. And we went in that next week to Otto Glandorf, and OG's been the class of the Western Buckeye League as long as I've been here. And they, they'd won 35 straight games in, mm. in the Western Buckeye League. And um, in order to you know be the best, we knew we were going to have to knock them off. And I think it uh, was a big factor that we were able to get that game at home. Um, our crowd all year long and really the last couple of years has just been unbelievable in their support of our kids. Um, but I think our, our kids understood that our time was now and we wanted that opportunity to go, to go play the best and to see what we were capable of doing. Um, and we told the kids all along that very few people are going to expect you to come out of here, maybe even with one win, let alone two in a row and against this stretch. And, um, we just learned a lot about how bad our kids wanted it during that stretch. Yeah, two incredible games. Uh, I was courtside uh, for the Ottawa-Glandorf game, and I will say that uh, your team looked bigger and stronger uh, than most folks uh, had originally given you credit for. And I, I think what you just talked about uh, up until this point, uh, Coach, on this podcast, that uh, they really played so well together, communicated so well, and frankly, neither one was really in, in doubt uh, when you when you look back on it. And so I do give uh, my good buddy and your buddy, uh, Coach Mark Bagley, credit. He he predicted uh, on our radio station that uh, you would go two and zero that uh, stretch. And uh, he might have been besides your team and everybody else in there uh, the only person that uh, that thought that uh, you would go two and zero. But that really set up what was going to be a great February for you. And at what point did you realize um, what that end game was going to be for you after you got through those two uh, opponents in OG and Lima Senior? Uh, we really tried to keep the kids grounded on um, getting better every day. 1% better was the goal every day. And then stay focused on the task at hand. Stay, stay focused on this opponent this week, this game, um, let's let's try to go one and zero every single time we go out there together, and you know I, I really tried to avoid the let's look at the the big picture here and see if we can go undefeated and do all that because I felt like as soon as we started looking past anyone, um, you know it was going to be a disappointment for us and you know especially with those league games and how well 
everybody knows each other and as good a coaches are in the Western Buckeye League we knew if, if we looked past anyone um, then we were going to get beat and we, we really weren't in the, in the interest of sharing the Western Buckeye League title with, with Ottawa Glandorf. So um, I think that Western Buckeye League title was the first goal that we had. And in order to get to that point, we had to find ways to get better each and every day. And uh, we had some practices down the stretch where uh, we talked about this this practice might be good enough to beat this team, uh, but is it going to be good enough to beat a team in the district finals? Is it going to be good enough to beat a team at regionals? Um, is this a Columbus-worthy practice? And Sometimes, you know, when things weren't going as well as they should have been in practice, comments like that, um, and then the energy of our guys and John Barker, it, it got guys to where they needed to be focus-wise again. Yeah, very good. Uh, all right, let's, let's talk a little bit about your team. Um, we, we've we've uh, had a really good commentary on uh, John Barker and what he meant to the team, and a little bit on Tyson Elwer, um, another player that you have that uh, has uh, been uh, – uh, lavished with praise from uh, the likes of Kirk Lehman, the head basketball coach at Defiance, uh, to other coaches around the area, and George Mangus. And what a great player he he became uh, as a sophomore, was a great player, and then became an even greater player this year, becomes the player of the year in Division Two. How would you describe his evolution? Uh, George is a self-made star. Hmm. Um, he, you know, I talked to somebody a few weeks ago about George and, uh, basically the comment was if there's ever anything that I think George needs to work on. And I talked to him about it. George is already working on it. Hmm. Uh, you, you tell George something and he says, I know, you know, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm doing this, um, talk about explosiveness and athleticism and, you know, the, the shots may be slow and he's not that big. He's not that strong. Um, George is a basketball player. And George is dynamic in his ability to move without the ball. His basketball IQ is off the charts. He, he, he reads defenses against underneath defenses, leaks out when he knows we're going to have the ball. His instincts are just unbelievable. But it's not those things that make George special. It's what he's doing behind the scenes. It's what he's doing on his own. It's, it's what he did with his explosion workout last summer to, you know, get more dynamic as an athlete. It's his body control and finishing around the rim and in traffic. You know, he saw every single defense you could possibly throw at a kid this year. And all he did was go out and average 30 points a game. Yeah. Um, I, I think that George is the first one that will credit his teammates uh, and their ability to find him. Um, our guys are as unselfish a group as any you will ever see. Um, I think we have uh, really our, probably our top six was all capable of scoring double figures. If, they really wanted to shoot the ball. Um, you know, we, we had Jaron Berkey, who I think is one of the better you know, shooters in the area. And versatility-wise, as, as a defender, we asked him to go guard you know, the best wings on, on every team we played. Um, Jaron Berkey is a double-figure scorer if, if he really wants to shoot the ball that much. Caden Vermillion you know, averaged 15 a game on our JV team this year, and there were games this year where he gets you know, eight rebounds and, and six assists and doesn't even shoot the ball. So... I think that all of that went into play in making us who we were, but um, George Mangus is, he's a star um, and he deserves every single accolade and every bit of praise that comes his way uh, because he made himself into that. Uh, And I was incredibly proud of his growth from his sophomore to his junior year. Um, I thought he was tremendous as a sophomore, you know, he's first team all league, first team all district. 
Um, and we say, you know, in the off season, well, George, you're not going to sneak up on anybody anymore. There's not a, yeah. a Johnny Caprella, a Sheridan O'Neill, a Justin Banky where uh, we can hide Jez, you know, our third or fourth option at the start of the year, even though we know what you're capable of doing. Everybody knows now. And he says, okay, you know, let's, let's go play. Let's go get better. And he goes from, you know, 16 points a game to nearly doubling that as a junior. Um, and I mean, he, he had 40 the last game of the season against defiance. He hit six threes. Um, and Defiance knew who George Mangus was by that point. So yeah. it's a his ability to do, um, go be successful. He was never content with, you know, I had a really good game against Lima Senior or OG, and that's going to be the, the highlight of my season. It's I'm going to continue to find ways to get better. So um, just incredibly proud of his growth um, and, and his unselfishness. Um, and also I, recognizing that uh, he is who he is, because of the work he puts in, but also because of the team that we had around him. Yeah. Head coach Mark Triplett visiting with us. He's the head basketball coach of the Shawnee Indians, the 25-0 and zero Shawnee Indians, number one in the state on the Lima Land Hoops and History podcast. Uh, coach, uh, when, when you think of um, the, uh, uh, the WBL this year and what you had to do to, to go through that, and then you look back over your history, knowing the WBL so well, uh, what, what stands out to you this year about your league and what you were able to do uh, as an accomplishment to go undefeated in that very, very daunting league? You know, I think in, in, you know, here in recent years, you know, we used to look back at the league and say, if you can survive it with one loss, you, you're probably going to win it. Yeah. Um, and then OG has just said the heck with that. We're not losing to anybody. So if you want to win the league, you better go undefeated. And, but we knew going into the year that we were probably going to have to go undefeated if we wanted to win the Western Buckeye League. Um, and, you know, I think that you know, Dan Hagemeyer came into St. Mary's and, and really um, mm-hmm. lit a fire under what was a, a pretty talented group. And then they added a you know, big 6'8 freshman in the Parks kids with that. So, um, you know, I, I think that, that those three teams early on when I was watching film, I, I said to myself, that those are, are us and OG and St. Mary's are going to be tough to beat. And Defiance, who, um, Kirk Lehman, holy crap, I have a tremendous amount of respect for what he's able to do. And I knew that with his leadership, and then I think they, they had six seniors started, I think five, I knew that those guys were going to continue to get better and better with two all-league players and, and goings along. So, uh, you know, it was like those four, you know, we, we caught defiance early on and we played really well and they did not. Um, but I knew they were going to keep getting better, and Lord knows they did by the end of the season. Mm. Um, but then, then there was a lot of teams in the league that just were, were young. Um, they, they were playing like a lot of young guys, and, and those are the teams kind of that, that scare you um, because you know they're going to get more experienced and better, and, and I know every coach in the league is working their butt off to make sure their guys are, are, are getting better and are focusing. So um, the Western Buckeye League, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect um, for the amount of work that our coaches do. I, I feel like we are so well scouted every game we go play. Um, somebody throws something different at us that we haven't seen yet. Um, a, a defensive look that, that, you know, I remember the Elida game the second time around where um, they started in you know, a triangle and two. And uh, fortunately we got going in transition and really didn't let them get set. But, um, you know, there was always some type of surprise that, that we had to prepare for. Um, and our guys, you know, Nick Berkey, who 
Um, my assistant, who's just unbelievable, his motto is, is always be ready for whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and basically the last 10 minutes of every practice, we have Nick um, give us some type of situational work that um, I, I just call situational work with Coach Berkey, but he doesn't really tell me what's going on. He basically throws situations at me as a coach and at the kids um, that we can, you know, it might be 30 seconds, we're down by three, it's their basketball, what are we doing? Yeah. So I felt like our guys were, were ready for any type of situation that was, was going to come at us. Um, and in the Western Buckeye League, you kind of have to have to be prepared for that. Yeah, well, that's great insight. Love the uh, Coach Berkey uh, situational uh, opportunities at the end of your practice. Uh, that certainly uh, paid off in uh, dividends this year. All right, so how would you describe, uh, as we, we get towards the end of uh, this podcast, uh, this version of this podcast, and um, how would you describe just the, I guess I'll, I'll use the word emptiness uh, around your team, not being able to continue playing in the regionals and then uh, potentially uh, at the Schottenstein Center this year? Uh, tough. Um, you know, just heart goes out to our kids because, you know, while we tried to focus on the task at hand uh, every day, I also told you, you know, that we talked about, is this a Columbus-worthy practice? So we weren't shying away from expectations. Getting to Columbus when we were that close the year before was absolutely a goal for these guys. And when they did literally every single thing that we asked them to do and met every challenge that was in their way, and we get that close to the finish line and, and are unable to, you know, see it out. Um, you know, it, it just was really, really hard. And it'd be different if, you know, we said, okay, we're going to get another opportunity to do this again next year. But this team and this family that we had, it, it ended after this year. You know, we have, you know, the same program that we're going to continue to build off of. But, you know, John Barker doesn't get to come back. And Will Roberson and Matthew Bean don't get to come back. So uh, when a season ends, you'd like it to end with some closure. And you'd like to be able to say that, you know, tonight this team was just better than us and that's how things ended for us. Um, But that didn't happen. And and when you go undefeated and you don't even get to play in a regional or state game, it's it's just unprecedented that something like that would happen. So um, with that being said, we told the kids that um, you can't take away your accomplishments. Yeah, it's, it's an unfortunate situation how it ended, um, but nobody can take away what you did accomplish. Nobody can take away the bonds that we have together, uh, the connection that we have together. And you know, th- there's going to be a banner up there that says we were league champions in 2020. Mm. And there's going to be a banner up there that, that says that we were 25-0. and 0. And those things will last forever, but more importantly, the relationships you built with one another will last. Um, so while it was unfortunate and disappointing how it ended, um, to say I'm proud of these guys, um, understatement of the century, just absolutely love every one of them, and I'm so proud of their accomplishments and how hard they worked to get to the point where we were by the end of the season. Yeah, you answered a couple of my questions there. There will be a banner on the 25-0, and 0, number one in the state, uh, recognized by the AP uh, poll is that uh, that that'll be revealed? Um, I, I guess as we go into this year, we're not certain, but at some point that will be revealed to your community. Oh yeah, you know we're still not entirely sure of exactly what it is that we're going to do to recognize it, but there's going to be something in the gym to recognize yeah. what those boys did 
Um, and obviously the league banners and championships are, are already there anyway, but, um, you know, our, our kids deserve um, to be recognized for that. And our community, I mean, unbelievable support of our guys. And um, I remember the last game we actually played at ONU, you know, I'm back on the board and writing things on the board. And, uh, you know, when I got out there, you know, the kids were already warming up and stuff. And our coaches are, are talking to me about the roar when they saw our boys waiting to go out, just seeing them in the doorway, they're waiting to get on that floor. Mm. Um, they just let loose. It was like they were watching, you know, the 96 bulls out there led by Michael Jordan. It, yeah. It's the support that they gave our kids um, has been absolutely unbelievable. So um, they all want to recognize those kids as well. No, oh, for sure. Oh, no, your community support was outstanding this year. Um, uh, have have you uh, have, has anybody uh, in the uh, uh, behind the scenes underground uh, uh, tried to uh, have a scrimmage with uh, Dayton Trotwood uh, somewhere in between Dayton and uh, Shawnee? Um, we, uh, about that is we were supposed to scrimmage Trotwood. That was on our scrimmage schedule going into this past year, and um, we had to cancel. We were going to do a seven through varsity scrimmage at Trotwood on a Friday night, and. Um, it happened to be a night where they were playing a playoff game and their administration didn't, didn't want to let them do that because, you know, they're taking how many different kids and, and parents out of potentially being in the stands for that game. So, um, we had to scrap it, but, um, we're, we're also, Otto Glandorf is doing their shootout in, in 2021 there and, and that's who our opponent will be. So we'll kind of get to, to play that game out and that'll be a, a really, really good opportunity for our kids to go play the best of the best. Meaning this coming year at Ottawa Glandorf uh, in a shootout, you'd be playing Trotwood. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Okay, great. Um, all right. So uh, we'll get you out of here on this. You talked about what your expectations were this year and that you weren't shying away from them. What will be the expectations of um, yours and your teams? And then what do you think those expectations of that large community uh, support that you've had in Shawnee will be for this coming season, 2020-2021? I think that everybody in the community is going to say, well, they were 25-0, and 0, so they're bound to go. <laughs> uh, much easier said than done. Um, you know, it, it's everything that we had, and even the, you know, like I talked about with, with Caden getting hurt and Tyson's foul trouble, you know, we were able to overcome those things. Um, but those aren't easy things to overcome. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that our kids need to, um, we, we always preach, stay humble and stay hungry. And if we can continue to do those two things, you know, understand that, that nobody cares that we won the league title. Nobody cares that we were 25-0. and 0. You're going to have to go out and prove yourself all over again. And now it gets harder because, you know, the X on your back is even bigger. So, um, you know, I, I just think that our guys better understand that um, this year probably makes it even harder for them next year. Um, you know, we're up in our schedule even more so than I thought we had a pretty daggone tough schedule anyway. And, um, you know, now we're talking about uh, playing and flying to the hoop in 2021, doing the shootout at Ottawa Glandorf in 2021. So uh, we're going to play some really, really tough competition. Western Buckeye League, I think, is going to get even better. Um, Ottawa Glandorf is still going to be Ottawa Glandorf. Um, so, you know, everything about this year was really, really fun. Um, but if your expectations are that you're just going to walk all over teams next year just because, you know, we're Shawnee and we did it this past year, 
um, you're going to be sorely mistaken. So we better stay grounded and stay humble and, um, and, and get back to work. And, and I guess we're excited about that opportunity just to, to get back together again because, um, like it is for everyone else, this isn't fun that you can't be working with the kids right now. Yeah, no. Well said, Coach. Uh, congratulations on an incredible year. You you gave our community uh, writ large a uh, incredible thrill to be able to follow your team and your players. They were a joy to watch, and uh, it was just a lot of. It was just really a, an incredible year, an incredible uh, opportunity to have fun on the basketball court and to watch uh, what a team concept and how everybody. Uh, Played great defense, really excelled from a from an offensive standpoint. Uh, I, I was just incredibly impressed with with your team. We'll look forward to it. Uh, that's the good news. Uh, we'll get through this uh, health crisis and uh, we'll be back on the court. But it was my pleasure having you today. Th- thanks for uh, giving our audience that opportunity to to hear your thoughts on a reflection of what a tremendous year you had. Hey, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. You got it. Coach Mark Triplett of the 25-0 and zero Shawnee Indians, the number one team in the state in Division Two, And we uh, are pleased to have him on the latest edition of the Limeland Hoops and History Podcast.